In 2013, 6D Helmets forever changed the way we think about motorcycle safety helmets. With its patented omnidirectional suspension system to help absorb rotational impacts, the original ATR1 helmet swept through the industry and was received with open arms by riders and racers alike. The new 6D ATR2 and ATR2 Youth are even better than the original and carry a limited three-year warranty and a unique technology that allows the helmet to be rebuilt after most crashes. Visit 6dhelmets.com for more info. Hey guys, this is Michael Antonovich with Swap Moto Live. Uh, it's time for the Kickstart podcast presented by 6D. Don is on a family cruise this week, so I had to take the reins on this one. So it's mm-hmm. me, Chase, and Colt Nichols of Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha. Uh, we're doing this on Sunday, just kind of expedite <clears throat> things a little bit. And pretty glad that, Colt, that you let us come over. Uh, I'm sure mm-hmm. this is a recovery day after a grueling two motos at the Wick. So mm-hmm. how was it? Uh, just that. It was definitely grueling. Um, that was tough, man. It was probably the toughest race um, for me thus far. Just very demanding. Um, body's definitely a little beat up today. But uh, overall, it was good. I, I felt a lot happier with how the bike was, how I felt just riding, period. Um, like the first moto was a, a lot better and was able to kind of hang with the guys a little bit up front. And second moto was unfortunate crash on the first lap. But um Tried to work my way up pretty good and just ran out of steam with about five to go. So uh, that'll happen. Um, it's just the way that race is. But uh, yeah, it was definitely it was definitely tough. So with that one, you've said that was the fourth year that you've done it. Mm. Uh, has it changed much year to year? I know everybody says that it's way different than it was even a few years ago. But do you see subtle changes in it? Uh, I think subtle changes, yes. Um, to me, this year seemed seemed pretty rough. Um, I know it's, it's rough every year, so it's hard to really judge, you know. Mm-hmm. This is obviously the freshest on the mind, so it seems the roughest, but um, it's just, it's a lot different than what it used to be. I was wa- like watching, uh, it might have been 90s motocross or 2000 motocross on Instagram. I was posting some old videos, mm-hmm. and it was just really whooped out and gnarly and looked completely different than what it does now. So I don't know if that's just from the way they work it or simply the way they rode then, or I honestly don't know. But and how narrow it was. Yeah, too. super narrow, but the bumps were like huge. Like the rollers coming into the turn were just big and long, and now it's short and chattery and um, just a lot, lot different than what it looked back in the day. Like even when uh, my old trainer Robbie Raynard raced it and all that kind of stuff, just a lot different now. The big thing too that I've noticed is uh, you guys didn't really seem to go all out on testing this year for that. I mean, having two no. races back to back, but it used to be if you were a California team, you just rode in Nuevo. If you're East yeah. Coast guy, you rode somewhere all the time, and nobody did that this year. Yeah, it was definitely different. Like, the Florida guys have a little bit of an advantage there just because the dirt is like that kind of the whole time. So mm-hmm. once they go back there and they're testing, it's kind of getting it set up to practice, which in return is like racing there. So. Um, that's the only big advantage, I think, of doing the Florida thing. And out here, I mean, we rode at Paula on Tuesday, you know, so it's nothing like Southwick. But um, for us, it was still fine. At least we have a, a baseline that I think is good. And uh, if you have that, it's, it's fine. You know, you're just making minor tweaks here and there. But um, we made some big swings last week at suspension stuff, and I felt a lot more comfortable. Last um, The weekend before at Florida, I was on the struggle bus pretty hard all day. So... Um, credit to the team for, for everything they did this past week. Kind of try to think outside the box a little bit, and it, it worked really well. So I was happy. Hey, I heard that Dylan said that they made some bike changes between motos. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys are on a completely different setup, it seems. He, he's got his personal style, and you do too. Mm-hmm. Are you guys relaying that information one to another, or is that so separate because the riding styles are so different? 
Um, yeah, it's been pretty separate so far. I, I think um, to some extent, like especially preseason, they would come up and say, hey, you know, Dylan like this fork or whatever. We think it's good. You know, maybe you should try it type deal. Um, once the season started, everyone's kind of seemed like they kind of split a little bit and kind of done their own thing and made the adjustments where they feel they need it. And um, that's kind of what's happened with me. I was not happy, um, but me, Oldenburg, and uh, Justin Cooper were all running pretty much the same setup. And Dylan was a little far left field, but pretty much on the same thing. And I was like really struggling with it. Uh, the way Justin rides and the way I ride are completely different, though. You know, um, it's just you can't even really compare so for me the setup was not working for him it's been fine he hasn't really complained at all so um yeah definitely just different strokes for different folks i guess but um it is it's all baseline like it's similar um but now i'm probably further away from what anybody else has so far mm, okay yeah going into uh, this week were you even like recovered from last week in florida or because it seemed yeah, like yeah, it's a little so, so. Yeah. Yeah, I think everyone was struggling a little bit, but uh-huh. I mean, we only rode one time this past week. We rode uh, Tuesday at Paula, and uh, that was it, you know, just the mm-hmm. one time on the bike. And I think that that helped. I, I think a lot of guys tried to overdo it, and especially if you were, you know, on the complete opposite end, like a lot of guys were this past weekend where they were coming off the track and you know heat stroke or whatever mm-hmm. then i wouldn't even have touched a bike yeah. you know but uh for me i was i wasn't at that point i definitely struggled but it was more personal struggles i think than just being like wow it's hot and i'm dehydrated or whatever so um we tried to get as recovered as we could i think i probably should have stayed off my feet a little more than i did just running around doing random stuff but um overall i, I think I, I felt good coming into the weekend um we'll probably do the same thing this weekend i'm probably a little more beat up now than i yeah. was so <laughs> try to just tame it down a little bit then take advantage of the break we have uh after this weekend gotcha gotcha yeah these are four pretty grueling ones in a row high yeah. points unique in its own way just mm-hmm. because the track is so different uh florida was hot new new layout new everything there southwick is brutal and then redbud's the big one um so yeah, how do you keep from getting like hitting a wall, especially at this point in the middle of the year? Like you guys are tailoring back a little bit during the week, but then even on race day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're trying to. It's all like learning for me though. Like you know, going from year to year, I think I need to do this, and maybe trainer or whoever team doesn't agree. But um, it's just figuring out kind of what works for you and not trying to go way too far off the path. And mm-hmm. I think before too. Um, Starting off even in 17, I had a really good season. Then we would get to kind of this point in the season where it becomes kind of a drag, a little bit of just back-to-back weekends, and it's tough. You know, it's really tough, especially if you have a bad weekend. It can go the other way pretty quick. So uh, I think for me it was just kind of understanding that and trying to be a little more patient, not trying to reinvent the wheel and just stick to the process and know that I don't need to do anything crazy. You know, like it's working. You know, what I'm doing is working. Um, we've made steady progress every year. It seems like every weekend. So it's like what I'm doing is working. I just can't try to like do anything too crazy, but that's sometimes hard to forget. You know, you get frustrated and, um, want to make stuff happen quick, but, um, we definitely have tailored back a lot, you know, just uh, week to week, especially in this little bit right here. But once we have a weekend off, we'll take advantage of that and be able to hit it a little harder and, uh, make sure we're still staying up on the fitness. But at this point, you're not going to lose fitness. Yeah. Um, you know, going week to week, especially with racing each weekend. So um, it's all about just maintaining and at this point just being smart and making sure you can show up and be ready to go on Saturday because no one really cares if you're good on Tuesday. But if you're good on Saturday, that's all that matters. Okay, so let's go take it back 24 hours. Um, This point yesterday, you and I were grueling it out in the heat out Mm -hmm. there and it wasn't super hot, but and you had a lot more energy exerted than I did. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you do immediately after? Like what, 
what it's like a, a meal? Like, do you just calorie load because you've blown through so many that night? Or is it like a pretty regimented thing of like, we don't want to go too far off the program? Yeah, yes and no. I mean, um, like not going too far off the program, yes, that, that's like pretty big. Um, but I have a kind of a hard time eating after the race. Like my stomach's kind of hurting or cramping or doing whatever, you oh, know, yeah. from just like blowing myself out all day. So um, that's definitely the way it was yesterday. We got done and um, right after the moto, I had to wait on Justin after the 450 race. And then we all rode back together and went to, I think we went to Outback or whatever. But I just had a hard time kind of eating dinner. I usually do right after the race for some reason. Um, I guess that's a good thing to some extent, but um, yeah, just just the normal kind of stuff. Went went back to the double tree. Definitely had one of the cookies they give out there, and <laughs> went to bed. And that, you know, that was about it. But try not to stray too far off. But at the same time, I mean, we we lose a lot on Saturday, so trying to get it all back is tough. But um, as long as you're borderline and you're kind of staying within the means a little bit, I, I think it's fine. And then you and I both had super early flights today. This mm-hmm. three-hour time difference thing doesn't sound like a lot, but it is, especially it on sucks. Saturday night into a Sunday. It's terrible. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, how much sleep are you able to get on a Saturday night before you have to jump up and head back to the airport? Um, yeah, same scenario. I have a really hard time sleeping after the race. Um, but this weekend it was both. Friday night I slept horrible. Um, just one of those nights where, like, you wake up and you're like, I don't even feel like I slept at all. Mm-hmm. You know, and you wake up before your alarm, just kind of waiting for it to go off. And, um, you know, I set my alarm at, I think, 5.45. So... You know, that's pretty damn early here in California, and I was just ready to rip for some reason. So, um, yeah, I just, I don't know why. I, I had a really hard time sleeping, and then last night I slept okay, but I did the exact same thing. I woke up before my alarm, just, like, waiting for it to go off. Um, but I, I probably went to bed around, I don't know, maybe maybe 10 um, East Coast time. Woke up, I guess, around 5 or so. So, not horrible. Um, I've definitely had nights where I only get about four hours of sleep or so, and that just kills you. Um, for the Sunday, it's really, really hard to recover or make anything productive just because you're running on E. So um, I was okay last night, but normally it's, it's a little tougher for sure. And then today, like, do you sleep on the flight? Do you do anything? Mm-hmm. Or is it just like, oh, my God, I'm so tired. Because, so <laughs> like, when yeah. I'm at the airport, yeah. like, I don't even want to talk to anybody. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm yeah, the same. I just, I just kind of put my headphones in, and I'm just like, I'm going to zone out. But the first flight, I actually did sleep, which is rare because I can't sleep on planes for some reason. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not very good at it. And uh, slept on the first flight for, I don't know, probably 30 or 40 minutes. Um, so that was actually, I was very happy about that. And the second flight, watched a movie and was kind of chilled but um yeah once i get home go back home go to CVAC. Uh, i was in there for two sessions today um hit that on the way home from the airport and then get done with that and come home and if i don't go to cryo then i usually just come home and try to relax so sundays are kind of tough because that's the last thing you want to do is like pretty much anything but you know it's best for recovery to try to get in the CVAC or cryo or get a massage or just something so um that's what makes it tough you know the days off aren't days off you know then yeah. the monday we're turning around cycling and doing gym or yoga or just something so always on your feet doing something but um yeah, that's why it kind of gets monotonous at times but trying to keep it fresh and fun and enjoy it a little bit more and kind of understand what we're doing here so um it's all good i got a routine down now so it's good going back to yesterday um was the second qualifying practice a little faster after the track started to shape up a little it bit? Actually, it was a little bit slower. It was? Um, okay. There was one guy, I think, that put in a time a little faster than the first session, but mm-hmm. that's usually typical Southwick. Like yeah. Whoever is first, um, the first practice session should be faster. It's because it gets so rough. Yeah. And they, they don't groom it at all or do anything. So my time from the first practice session was second, 
behind Justin Cooper with like a 208, and then my time in the second practice was like a 212. So it was like four <laughs> seconds difference. And granted, I wasn't that great in the second practice, but still, it's a it's a pretty pretty big jump for sure. Yeah, the track looked absolutely brutal, especially come second moto. Yeah, like, I was for the sight lap. I was like, you gotta be kidding me! <laughs> it's like, dude, this is rough. Like yeah. they did not prep it at all. It was pretty gnarly, and it showed. I mean, our lap times were drastically different from yeah. practice. I mean, two oh eight in practice, and at the end of the first moto, I think we were two eighteen or so. And um, the second moto, I guarantee you, I was like a two fifty at some point in that <laughs> second moto. I mean, with about three laps to go, the wheels came off, so um, that was not ideal. But I was just shot. I couldn't stand up anymore. My lower back was cramping. Every time my arms like straightened out, they were cramping. So I have to wait a second before I could bend them back in. <laughs> so it was just one of those days. It was it was, it was tough uh, for that second moto, but that'll happen. Yeah, those first couple of laps, the second moto, it was it was crazy to see how many guys were just coming into the same lines they were hitting first moto into mm-hmm. the corners and just the chatter just sent them to the outside like oh, jumping over every time yeah, yeah. i mean it crazy. was it was brutal like you would try to almost be patient but of course you want to hammer through the bumps mm-hmm. but you just couldn't mm-hmm. i mean they were so big at that point that it was scary and then whenever you get tired your natural reaction is to go slower and then when you go slower it makes it worse <laughs> so then you're getting into each bump and i'm really <laughs> getting sketchy so I just had no energy though. There's not much you could do about it. But yeah, the second moto was man, that was that was a damn tough moto for sure. When you're uh, between motos, like you guys really don't get to watch the first 451 because you're coming back and winding down and all that. Mm-hmm. Do you get a lot of time to see what other guys are doing, like to pick lines up off the TV broadcast or anything, or is it so jammed mm-hmm. because you're trying to like refuel and cool down? Yeah, normally that's the case. We have no time at all, but um, it was actually really nice this week, and they put the 125 race in between. And an intermission, yeah. Oh, that was so nice. So for us, we got like an extra 30, around 30 or 40 minutes. So I got to watch the whole uh, 450 moto, um, got to you know kind of pick up on some lines a little bit, see mm-hmm. how the track was breaking down, which was nice, and normally we don't have that luxury because, you know, with, I don't know, they're 10 minutes in the moto, we're already having to get ready and do all the stuff, so it's kind of tough, but... Um, we got a routine down now that's actually really good. I was kind of searching for a long time, trying to figure out what to do and what was best and how to get the body to recover and kind of relax a little. But now we, I think we got it down pretty well. And um, Swanee and um, our nutritionist, Tyler Klesiak, they've kind of worked together to help us out as far as timing and what to get in and all that stuff. So uh, it's been a process, but I think we're, we're good with it now. You know, teams have always been around at, from Mitch's first, you know, peak team back in the early 90s and all that. They've always been a uniform look, but you guys in the last five years, 250 teams, 250 teams have really taken it to a new level with like a program, a mm-hmm. trainer and all that stuff. And it seems like you guys have figured out the full deal tail now. Mm-hmm. And is that seems like it's working really, really well for you. Is it nice that you don't have to search for each thing every week now and it's just right there laid out for you? Yeah, I mean, that make, that's what makes, I think, our team so successful is what we've been able to do behind the scenes with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people don't see that and they don't really care. They just think, oh, you got to have a good bike. But it's so much more than that. And I do think we have the best bike out there um, right now at the moment, uh, Supercross and Outdoors. I think our bike is really, really good. And um, it's just everything else, though. I mean, yeah, that helps and that's huge. You know, I, I wouldn't be where I'm at without the bike, but um, it's, it's everything else. The way Bobby kind of orchestrated this whole program, I got Swanee and Will and, um, you know, what used to be our team manager, Brad and Hoffman, and uh, just everything they've done it has been really, really big. Because most of the time, you know, these owners will hire these kids and they're just like, well, I hope he does good. You know, mm-hmm. they're not really that involved. And so you go out and you get your own trainer and you pay for your own trainer and you do all this stuff. And the way Bobby did it was hiring Swanee. So he's employed by Star Racing. And, mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, we all each pay Swanee, but um, that's so we appreciate, you know, what he's doing. You know, yeah. we don't want that to get taken advantage of. And um, it's worked out just really well, though. I mean, Bobby is very, very involved. I mean, he talks to, if not Swanee, if not Brad, and if not Will, or if not all three, every single day. So <laughs> he's constantly checking in on us, making sure our lap times are good or what we're doing is productive. And uh, that's important, though. I mean, you have to do that, I think, to be successful at this level. Yeah, it's an investment across oh, yeah. from everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like you guys are starting to dismiss the whole upper hand, quote unquote, that you get mm. going to Florida and whatnot. Mm. It's hard to argue with you guys' results yeah. each weekend. So, especially from a light standpoint, I mm -hmm. think it's hard. Uh, you know, four fifty guys, it's different. They make a lot more money, well, some, and then uh, just a lot more opportunity. And some people want to go home or do whatever. And my home's Oklahoma, so for me, I have no tie to Florida, and I don't really want to go there anyway. It's hot, it's humid, it's <laughs> miserable. <laughs> I don't really like it, but. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people think that that's the idea, and there's two ways to look at it. You can look at it like, okay, I need to go to Florida to get adjusted to the heat and the humidity, and we ride in it all the time, or you stay completely out of it, and mm -hmm. you come back to California where it's dry, and yeah, it's hot, but we don't have the humidity. So um, you can go about it one or two ways, and it's just different. I mean, people have different opinions on that, just like anything, but um, it has worked for us. You know, we've been doing well with it, and you know, some of the guys that have been in Florida and pounding out the motos and doing all this stuff or, or on struggle street right now so yeah. um it just depends on how you look at it really but you just have to be smart about it and know your body and know you know what you're doing each week and some of these guys that are in florida are just exerting themselves a yeah. lot you know <laughs> that's a, a lot to do each day and you're sweating your ass off and it's just it's tough doing it out there but i mean it's tough anywhere but if you're doing the right program and taking care of yourself the right way you, you can do it anywhere it doesn't really matter uh where you are and i think we've proven that a little bit so uh it's been good i mean at first i was hating on the idea pretty hard you know i wanted to leave and go to oklahoma or just something but um i can't argue with it it's worked you know I, I like having the trainer and the food and the team and everything that i have out here that's going for me it just makes everything really really easy so uh, i can't complain the big thing i would say is like you finally now are in peak physical form there's mm -hmm. no lingering issues there's no nothing do you feel yep. much different than you did even a year ago yeah, actually huge, uh, especially at this point. But, I mean, mainly just to go all the way through Supercross was, I mean, I haven't done that in the past three years, you know. Yeah. So that was that was a big, big deal for me to make it through a season and to come into outdoors healthy and just be like, let's see what we can do weekend to weekend, you know. And um, people just, I mean, they forget it's tough, you know, lingering injuries and dealing with stuff. And, I mean, even I was talking to Swanee about it this morning, but, I mean, a, a guy like AP – hasn't missed a race since he started working with Swanee. And mm -hmm. he started working with him in 2015. I mean, that's an incredible stat. So um, now, you know, he's trying to get his feet wet and, you know, everyone's like, oh man, AP struggled or whatever. And it's like, no, I mean, it's tough. You know, he's, that's the first time he's ever been out with an injury and missed a season and came in halfway or whatever. So, I mean, it's just, it's really, really tough. And people overlook that a little bit. But um, as far as me and how I feel, I mean, I, I feel really awesome. It's just trying to figure this out. You know, I really wanted to be able to move up to the 450 class at some point and um, be able to say that I'm good at Supercross and Outdoors. You know, I really am trying really hard to figure out this outdoor stuff. Um, the Supercross comes a little natural and easy to me, um, easier than the outdoor stuff. And uh, I just really want to figure it out. You know, I want to be able to move up and try to get a good ride. and. Um, be able to say I'm competitive in both and hopefully get to where I can win one of these races one of these weekends and be able to check that off the list but we'll see on that note um, 
does this feel like it's been a breakthrough year all the way around? I mean, you've always been around and, and <clears throat> podium contention, but that win in Anaheim one was huge. Mm. And then to carry that through the Supercross season the way you did, you, you didn't really fall off. And then mm. to come into the Nationals, you've carried all that momentum too. So for you, confidence-wise, this has to be a big year. Yeah, I mean, it was huge. I mean, this is what I wanted to do when I obviously signed with the team in 2016 going into 17, and it just, you know, it didn't work out that way for whatever <laughs> reason. But um, just having racing and experience, man, you, you just cannot replace that. And for me, that's why I think it was so good for a guy like AP. Like, he did what he had to do. He got all the top tens. You know, he did that for a year. Then he got into the top fives, and he got, like, a handful of podiums. And then he's ready to win races. And that's just kind of the way it is. I mean, it's pretty rare for, you know, kids to come in and just start winning right off the bat. And it does happen, you know, but for a lot of people, it just takes some time. And, uh... For me, that's all I wanted. I was like, I just want to get you know through a healthy Supercross season, get into outdoors, and start just building. I mean, it's so hard. I felt like I would start to get the ball rolling a little bit, and all of a sudden it just goes flat. You know, mm -hmm. so then you're rebuilding all over again and trying to come in and gain some experience and try to feel like you belong there again. And all this shit that goes with it. So uh, that makes it really, really tough when you're injured. So um, for me, yeah, it's been it's been a breakout year so far. I still feel like we can do um, a lot of really good things left with, with about six rounds to go in outdoors, and I really want to get some of that stuff accomplished and be able to fight for you know a moto win or um, definitely get on the podium a few more times before this year's over and, and just be there. That's, that's the main thing for me. I think I'm fourth in points right now or something like that. And, um, that's good. You know, I'm happy with that. Um, we still have, like I said, some progress to make, but where we're sitting right now, it's been it's been really good so far. Hey, let's take a quick commercial break. Um, let's do it. When we come back from that, I want to talk about just your progression from that first year because you've had a kind of an unorthodox way, mm -hmm. the full feeder system from you know cycle trader team to now to this, and this mm -hmm. seems like it's been a really steady climb for you. And just yeah. want to hear your thoughts on that. Let's do so, it. Yeah, we'll be right back. Hi, this is 250 Supercross champion Chase Sexton of the Geico Hana team. To get the most performance out of your motocross bike, make sure you're using the Yoshimura exhaust systems. Visit Yosh at Yoshimura-RD.com to see their wide line of slip-ons and complete systems for your bike today. Now enjoy the Swap Moto Live Kickstart podcast. Hey everyone, it's Cooper Webb from the Red Bull KTM Factory Racing Team. Summer is here and it's the perfect time to get to your local track and ride. Right now, you can get up to $1,500 in factory cash on select KTM SXF models. This factory cash incentive can be used toward the purchase of a motorcycle or KTM power parts or power wear products. See your local KTM participating dealers or head to ktm.com-us for more details. All right, and we're back with Colt Nichols. So when we left off, Colt, uh, I was going to ask you about your progression from your first year in the pro series to now because you've mm -hmm. done it a different way you know you did some stuff <clears> down in costa rica um cycle trader rock river yamaha team mm -hmm. and then into star so you've kind of avoided the whole is he got to be a bust teenage sensation you've kind of gotten to grow on your own all the way across the board so how has that been for you um yeah i think it was the best thing really um to be honest probably what more kids should be able to do or have an opportunity to do um it's just good man it, it gave me an opportunity to grow and and figure out what i wanted to do and how serious i wanted to be with all this and kind of just figure myself out much less life in general you know um just kind of figuring everything out it was tough for me i was a little bit of a late bloomer i guess and um a little harder for me to just put it all together and amateurs i kind of thought i had it going a little bit you know i was a team green rider my whole amateur career and 
um, just got hurt a lot. You know, things didn't really go the way I wanted it to, and I thought I had to do exactly what my buddy Justin Bogle did, which was, you know, kill it my B year, get signed for an A contract, and then into pros. And uh, that just did not did not happen for me. My path was meant to be a little different, but um, that was okay. I mean, I was really glad with the way I did it. I think it was the best way for me to go about it. I got to learn a lot. Uh, I went through arena cross and kind of figured out how to do all that and went into Costa Rica and actually got to win something, you know, after you got the amateur ranks, which is kind of important. Um, so got, got a little bit of confidence racing down there. Then, um, in 15, I did the Crossland racing Honda thing and, uh, which led to cycle trader. I only got to race, I think five races on that Honda, um, and Supercross, And I got hurt and missed that whole year. And then 16, uh, I actually made a full season uh, of both, or actually I think I missed the last three rounds outdoors. And then, um, yeah, yeah, knee at Washougal. So um, just battled with that a lot. You know, then 17 was unfortunate, and uh, so was 18, just dealing with a lot of random little things. You know, some of it out of my control, some of it not. And uh, that's just the difficulty of our sport is, A, staying healthy, and, B, figuring it out at a young age to where you can maximize making as much money and um, being able to do as well as you possibly can at a young age. And some kids are better at that. You know, like a, a kid like Justin Cooper, he was even a rare instance. He went all the way through high school, and I think that's – proper that's the way you're supposed to do it i mean he didn't get signed until his a year and bobby gave him a contract i think after loretta's was already over and then he went and raced the last three uh nationals that year so uh you just never know man a, a lot of these teams take risks on a lot of kids when they're 12 and sometimes it works sometimes it don't you know and very rarely does it work and but at that point you spend a lot of time and money invested so you feel like you got to go through with it and you know it's just tough because there could be another kid that's kind of blooming a little later that happens to probably be a better pick but he won't get that opportunity so um i i really like it that's something i would be interested in doing after i'm all done with this is somehow trying to figure out how to make amateur racing a little better to some extent you know um just a better process for all these teams to go through and have more of an opportunity even the way I did it obviously was not conventional but it was just the path that was meant for me for sure there's not a big age difference between you and Bogle mm -hmm. but there's definitely a big brother little brother situation oh yeah 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 just because I mean I he was always just a little bit older than me you know and so he had that um kind of did everything first kind of thing you know so I thought I had to go exactly in that path and uh, just did not uh, work out the way I wanted it to, you know, I, I wanted to do literally everything that he did. I mean, I went into many O's or uh, world mini my, um, B year and I, I thought I had to go win everything. That's exactly what he did, you know, and, uh, just didn't, didn't do that. <laughs> so, um, it's been good though, man. I, I've learned a lot from him regardless of dirt bike stuff. I mean, it goes obviously way deeper than that with us, but, um, especially the dirt bike stuff, you know, learning kind of how to do things proper and, you know, what he thought about doing this or the training or the riding or, you know, just how to find some happiness within at times and um, just some little stuff like that. It goes a long ways to have somebody like that around and uh, someone that's kind of been there, done that. Mm -hmm. It's got to be cool to be able to work with one of your best friends. Mm -hmm. Are you excited to be moving up to 450 when you get to race alongside or are you a little like, uh, no, I actually am very excited. Uh, I think it'll be really, really fun. Um, cause in 2015 we raced together on East coast and Supercross, And I mean, that was some of the most fun races I had, you know, showing up to the line and just talking shit to each other, or doing, doing whatever, you know, I was on a completely different, uh, level at the time than he was. He was winning races and I mean, shit, I didn't even make a main event. I think that year at one point. So, um, it was still fun though. I mean, that's just the way it was our whole career. Um, at one point I felt like I'd have an edge on him and he'd have an edge on me and we raced each other clean, but good. I mean, as we were growing up and, but I'm very, very excited for that opportunity to, to race him again at some point and line up together. Um, hopefully sooner than later, but I mean, 
well, we'll see. You never know with how this stuff goes. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. I'm hoping within the next maybe two to three years we can we can do that and make it happen. You guys, too, have made it a point to have fun while you're mm-hmm. doing this. And I think that that's given you guys, like, a second wind even in the last year, right? Yeah, I mean, for me, huge. Um, but even for Justin, man, he was pretty um, – He was beaten He's beaten down. I mean, the, the sport, life, everything had just kind of taken the wind out of his sails um, for probably the years 17 and 18. And uh, he, did, he just wasn't in a very good good place. Um, but, I mean, that happens. You know, a lot of things happen with what you do and your life, and uh, you put your heart and soul into it. Then when the personal side gets mixed in it too, it makes it really tough, you know. And uh, he kind of told me that even this year whenever he went and had like a random Honda that he was riding before the Supercross season started before he got the call from uh, Rocky Mountain and he was like dude I just want to have fun like I'm so tired of putting all this pressure on myself and trying to go out and perform and then end up hating my life after because he didn't go the way it wanted to and all this stuff and I mean I've always been a little better at trying to you know have a little more positivity on the side and Justin would kind of bury himself at times but I think that's why we were good for each other we kind of balanced each other out but um, we're definitely having a lot of fun with it. It's been really cool to have him racing this year and doing so well, especially at the end of Supercross. That was fun because that was that's the old Justin. You know, that's what I remember racing him um, from what the time we were six years old. You know, he was just he was always really fun to be around. Always had such a good attitude and went out there and just rode good, and it made it look really cool while he was doing it. So that was really cool to see. And um, he's still trying to figure out the outdoor stuff and, you know, with the bike and team and trying to make everything happen. But I mean, once he figures that out, he'll start clicking it off and, and he'll be just fine. But, uh, just like anything, it's a little bit of a process, but he'll get it. Who learned neck next first, you or him? I, that's probably him. He was a little better at, uh, figuring that stuff out early. He was like hill clicker and everything on a 60 and I, I wasn't about all that. That scared me. <laughs> that scared me a lot, but I got it down now, but. You guys have brought like a a new like character into the sport especially this last year mm-hmm. why do you think why do you think our sport lacks so much like fun like even the pictures you guys post and press it or mm-hmm. going into the races and stuff why do you think our sport lacks that um that's actually a really good question we kind of wonder that too um why you can't just be yourself a little bit more i mean it's kind of i don't know i mean maybe i hate to like just say nobody has personality because they do it's just everyone hides it you know for for some reason and um we're just not like that I mean it's easier for me to have that come out on my side when I'm around him and Brad and everybody just because we have so much fun together but um I think it's everybody looks down on if you're not just look like you got your head down just focused all the time and it's so annoying because it's like I mean we are humans you know we want to live we want to go have fun and do stuff with our friends and do hood rat shit every now and then or whatever, you know, I mean, just something, but I mean, nobody can like try to portray that image because it looks like they're, you know, out messing around or I don't know, just doing stuff they shouldn't be doing. But I mean, it's not like that. We got to have fun and enjoy what we're doing. And I guarantee you that it's going to help me and Justin having a little more fun and enjoying this. I mean, even this past weekend, after Florida, I was kind of a little down in the dumps or whatever. And I came into this weekend with just a completely new attitude. And uh, we had a lot of fun. I mean, we rode to the track together and we're, you know, bumping some of our favorite songs or doing whatever and just like making it fun. And I, I had an awesome day. I really enjoyed uh, Saturday. I mean, the second moto was about five laps ago. I didn't. But uh, up until then, I, I really enjoyed it. You know, I was just having fun. Like I was hanging out with the fans. We're taking pictures. We're like just enjoying the process. I mean, one of these days, a lot of these kids, I mean, including myself, everyone's going to do it, look back and wish you could go back to that spot. So 
Um, I just don't want to look back though and just feel like, man, I just didn't have any fun and I put so much pressure on myself to do good and it's just, man, it's just not worth it. And I've heard that a lot from a lot of people, but it kind of hit home whenever Trey retired and he was talking to Justin a lot and helping him out a lot whenever he was doing the privateer thing. And, um, he just was speaking some wisdom to both of us. So that was pretty cool, um, to hear it from him too, because he was very (laughs) serious guy, you know, and, um, didn't want to leave anything on the table. And he was like, man, I just didn't have enough fun at times and put too much pressure on myself. I'm like, I do not want to do that. So, uh, just a different approach and we're, we're having fun. We're, exploiting ourselves the way we want to you know we're into the music we're into fashion we're into this or that or whatever and we just want people to see that if they don't want to see it that's fine they won't you know but if they want to see it we're definitely going to show it so that's just the way we feel about it growing up like the circle that you guys had around you and justin have robbie guy cooper Mm -hmm. albertson do you realize like how important that is as a young kid to have positive influences like that and guys that have this wisdom that a lot of other people don't have um I, i didn't at the time yeah. For me, I, I, I'm sure it was maybe different for Justin because, like I said, he hit his stride a little earlier than I did. But um, for me, I, I think I definitely took advantage of that a little bit. Maybe thought the grass was a little greener on the other side type deal. Um, but as I grow a little older and stuff, I, I realized, you know, all of that, <laughs> how lucky I was to have Trey around. He was such a good role model off the track. Um, and then on the track, too, he just conducted himself very well. He fought all the way to the end. And, um, I mean, still to this day, I watch – 2010 outdoors every morning whenever I do my rows in the morning I mean yeah I mean every single morning this year I've watched it I'm like I'm just got to keep going that's all Trey did he just kind of kept going and it worked out so um that was huge though and even Robbie I mean I moved in with Robbie whenever I was I I think 13 um you know I'd been there for 10 years whenever I quit working with him so um he was just, he was huge, man. He, he helped me in a lot more ways than I even realized. Um, but just like anything else, you always think it's maybe a little better here, a little better there. And then you get there and you're like, damn, really isn't that sick over here, you know? So um, I, I think just realizing that a lot of the times you don't need all the stuff that people think you do. Uh, more than likely, you have everything you need. And I certainly did. Um, just didn't, didn't realize it at the time. One thing that I've also noticed is you and Justin really appreciate that, like, 90s era. Like, you mm. guys seem like big MC, MA fans. Oh, yeah. How did that all come about? Were you just, like, that diehard kid that was all about it when you were coming up? Or is that something that <clears throat> now that you're older and you're in their position, you're like, oh, I get it now? Uh, definitely both. Like, whenever I was younger, it was MC. I mean, everybody wanted to be MC. He was sick. I mean, he won everything. He showed up with the frosted tips. He's got the big number two. I mean, he was rocking the coolest gear. I mean, the bike looks sick. I mean, every he was just, he was the man. And uh, same thing, though, even, you know, like Jimmy Button and like that whole little crew, they just had fun. I mean, it's a completely different era. You can't even compare it. It's not like we could do a lot of the things that they did because they were pretty gnarly. But um, just the idea of having fun and being yourself a little bit. And I mean, they would they would get done racing and then go to like a local bar and have beers with the fans and stuff. And like, you know what I'm saying? Like they were just different. And, uh, that was cool though. I mean, that's a different way that they were able to kind of express themselves and, uh, be able to engage with the fans a little bit. And I think that was pretty special. And, um, you know, we aren't doing that, but we're trying to do it in a little different way and just bring a little different light to, um, racing in general and dirt bikes and what we do each weekend. And I think that's pretty cool. Cause like I said, not a lot of people do that, but, um, especially now that we've grown older and we're like, wow, I don't know how they were doing all that and still like winning and doing everything that they were doing. I mean, that makes it even cooler because if you can do something a little different 
and maybe it's a little standoffish or whatever it's it's kind of cool but if you're doing it and winning too then it's like double whammy so uh, that's why i thought it was pretty sick because those dudes were just on a completely different level than everybody else and it definitely showed for sure did you have like the fin or the spy goggles that i tried i tried to get the chrome fin but it would never fit on my helmet my dad thought it was gay so i couldn't get it but i wanted the chrome fin but uh, I definitely try to be like MC. I mean, I was blonde hair or frosted tips or anything that he did. I, I definitely did it right behind him. Yeah, I did it too, but my yeah. didn't come out as good. <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah. Pro that did yours. My mom did mine. My mom did mine too, and it was piss yellow. It was horrible. Mine came out red. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was not good. Terrible. Yeah, mine was definitely not good the first few times. We got to figure it out at the end, but the first few, it's pretty tough. Okay, uh, you and I and Don and I think you also Chase have all discussed this with you guys, but. Mm. You have made it a really cool point, like we were just talking about basketball stuff now, that you can step back and see this as like, hey, I have interest outside of moto. It's not mm. just dirt bikes 24-7. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough, too, because um, it's the same thing we were talking about earlier. If people look at it like you have another interest, it seems like you're not focused or you're not committed on what you're doing, and everybody has an interest in something else. I don't care who it is. I mean, I, I know a lot of kids that are just dirt bike, dirt bike, dirt bike, and then you get away from it, and they have other interests other where they just don't express it at all. And I, I just don't um, know why, you know, but either or we're definitely not afraid to uh, show our true colors and what we're interested in and things that we like. And um, that's just stuff that I enjoy. I mean, I grew up playing basketball the whole time until I went online school my last year uh, of high school. I played basketball all the way up till uh, 11th grade. So um, I was very interested in that. I liked playing sports and um it's just something I, I really, really like to do. My sister played college ball. My dad, he played a little bit of, like, JUCO stuff, but mainly it was just a good high school player and stuff. So, I mean, that was my childhood, though. I mean, every single day if I wasn't riding dirt bikes, I was, like, in the front playing basketball with my sister. That's just what it was. So, um, I was just definitely an interest of mine. It's something I've kind of kept a hold of and had a passion for, and I like watching it. I like watching the F1 races as soon as I come home on the weekend and just stuff like that that I think is really cool. And, um yeah, maybe a little different, but overall, I think it's it's pretty cool to express yourself in a little different way. I mean, I want people to know me as more than just a guy that's number 39 on a Yamaha. I mean, I do not want that to be my legacy that I leave, and if I did, that's that's a real problem. And um, I feel like we should all be trying to use our platform because a lot of people look up to us, or maybe not up to us, but, I mean, just like what we do in general. You know, they like dirt bikes, and people are moto heads or whatever, and I think that's awesome. I'm, I don't frown upon that at all, but um, – I just feel like we could use our platform for something bigger, you know, than, than what we're doing. And that's just the way I believe some, some kids don't, and some kids think that's stupid, but, um, I just want to try to influence people in a little different way. And of course I want to go win races. Of course I want to do good. I mean, we don't do this to not, but at the same time, there's a lot more that goes into it. You know, we can use it for very productive things and maybe to shed a little light on something that wasn't before, or just to simply make kids look at it a little different and realize you can have a little bit of fun and show some personality and, not get so um, shied away from doing that, but that's kind of our idea. Yeah, because, I mean, if you look at what Lewis does, like Lewis Hamilton has this huge other element to his life outside of mm -hmm. F1. Mm -hmm. uh, Kimi Raikkonen has the Ice One Husqvarna team, which yep. is huge. Yep. And then every basketball player has something. LeBron has a school and a TV show. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, there's there's way more that you guys can do to this. Oh, yeah. And it doesn't distract anything. Yeah. So it's still, if anything, it's a release, so you're not so motivated and so burned out. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes it, 
Um, just that it makes it fun again, you know, like for me, like I was saying earlier, I, I want to figure out a way to help amateur racing when I get done with this. I mean, it's something that is a passion of mine. Obviously I love dirt bikes. I love everything about it. I'm, I'm a moto head for sure, but, um, there's definitely a lot of other things I want to do with this platform and be able to use it in such a positive way to, to help people, um, you know, to maybe shift the ideas in a little different direction as well. And with the sport in general, or just with how kids are being, brought up a little bit you know um and to look at it a little different i mean you don't always have to do the cookie cutter way of going about things obviously i think i can be like a true testament to that and the way i was brought up and then also what i did once i got here um and what we're doing now so um it's just different but if you just have fun and are not afraid to show a little personality or be embarrassed or whatever then it's fine and that's kind of what we've been doing but um i have a lot of things i want to do you know um once i retire there's a lot of stuff that i think i can do to help the sport and myself and some young kids and things like that but um yeah that's far far down the road but for now um trying to focus on trying to win races and do all that but it's definitely something i thought about for I sure too your your interest in other sports makes you guys more interesting because i know like my age group mm. the teenagers were were so short-minded mm. just things get so boring so fast yeah so to see that different like in mm. sports really helps people like like you guys really yeah i mean i i think so i mean i don't know to an extent to where people care as much you know like people that are dirt bike guys are i mean you got your old dirt bike guys that are just dirt bike dirt bike dirt bike and that's mm -hmm. it and that's that's fine like i said there's nothing wrong with my dad's that way i mean even if i didn't race he would still go to the local track and and watch i mean he just loves dirt bikes and i think that's that's incredible because that's made our relationship really well and what it is but um, also too, I mean, he loves basketball. I mean, he loves all this stuff and I want to really show that I, I want to show a little personality and be interested in things and, um, just to explore a little, I think it helps us with the dirt bike stuff, you know, being interested in other stuff. We don't get so burnt out or so hung up on one thing. Um, I care a lot about this sport. I care a lot about my results. Um, you know, I really want to do well, but understanding that there's a lot more to life than just this is huge. And a lot of kids just don't get that and that's a make or break sometimes but um that's been good for us honestly we can come back and instead of just being like damn for a week straight until the next saturday we're just like man yeah that's cool but you see kd just signed for 160 million you know like there's a lot more to it you know and it's uh it definitely doesn't have to be dirt bikes all the time so it's just it's different hey as we uh we'll start winding this down here a couple mm -hmm. more questions um as your career progresses, this is a big year in the 250 class because there's a lot of guys moving around. Mm -hmm. Are you locked in already for next year at Star? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I have one more year with Star, so through 2020. Uh, myself, uh, I think Ferrandis and Justin Cooper are all on the same contract through 2020. Then after that, we'll kind of see what happens. But, um, yeah, well, one more year with them. So one more year, you've figured out everything personally and mm. life-wise of what to do. So next year should be title run. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean that's the idea. Um, especially in Supercross, you know, I had the red play I think for the first five rounds or something, and that was great. But um, it's just learning. You know, never been there before, trying to figure out how to handle all of it and do all this stuff. And uh, next year coming in, I, I know what to do. You know, I know what it feels like to be in that position and all this stuff. So just a lot more knowledge, uh, confidence, everything. And then same thing with outdoors, trying to crack the podium each weekend type thing. And I'm sick and tired of getting fifth every weekend, but that seems like where I've been. But uh, you kind of have to do that. You know, you stack these consistent finishes, and eventually they just keep getting a little lower and a little lower. So um, I, I want to say both. You know, I want to make a run at both these titles next year. And um, I, I really, really want to do that and kind of just see where we are. And then uh, who knows what's going to happen after that. 
six rounds left in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, Redbud, Break, Millville, Washougal, Buds, or Unadilla Buds, and then Ironman. Mm. Thoughts on those last six? Um, I actually really, really like the last six tracks. I, I really like uh, Redbud. I had a really um, – that was kind of the turnaround point a little bit for me uh, last year. As far as feeling, like the results were not good. I crashed on the start, and it was it was not good. But um, the tracks itself are, are really, really good, and I really like the last three. Those are by far my favorite. Unadilla, um, Buds, and then Ironman are, are my favorite tracks. So uh, it's good for me to pick up a little bit of steam at the end of the year. It seems like I've done that the last three years I've raced outdoors. Um, kind of f- had a few rough rounds in the middle. Then at the end, I'm able to kind of uh, spring forward again. So um, that's good for me. I really like those coming up, so I'm looking forward to those races for sure. One thing you just said, and I think it's super important, you don't live and die by a Saturday. Mm-hmm. And how – was that a mental, like, conscious thing you had to do recently to break out of that? Or is it like, no, I've always been that way. It doesn't matter. Um, no, it's definitely a little more recent. I, I used to get hung up pretty bad on, um, you know, the results or this or that or whatever. But I've been working with uh, a mental coach ever since, um, I think, around October or November of, of this past year. And um, – we've tackled a lot of issues, you know, pretty much everything you can think of and dove into the personal side of the stuff quite a bit just to kind of dig a little deeper. And, uh, it's been big, man, just kind of figuring out how to understand myself, uh, my personality, uh, what's going to be best for me, what's not, you know, just kind of shift your thinking a little. And, um, it's been, it's been really big, man. We've been making leaps and bounds of progress and I see it myself, you know, each Saturday when I line up or post Saturday, pre Saturday, whatever it is. So, um, it's definitely been a, a big shift um, to do that, but we're, we're getting a lot, lot better at showing up and making sure we're in the right state and just being productive. At the end of the day, if you can be productive, then you're going to be all right, and uh, if you show up not thinking that way, it's probably not going to be good. So uh, it's been a big shift for me, but we're getting there. The mental coach thing, that seems like a lot more guys are doing it recently, mm. but that's pretty common in other sports. Is this something mm. that someone within your circle recommended, or did you see another athlete do it? Um, more from other athletes. Um, I, I think in dirt bikes, for some reason, it's, I wouldn't say it's frowned upon. It's just it's not like very common. Up. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, this guy needs a mental coach. He sucks or like yeah. whatever. You know what I'm saying? But it's, it's like, yeah, or whatever, but it's definitely not that way. I mean, any guy, I've done a lot of research with, um, dudes that play any kind of sport, especially football, basketball, whatever, like one of the handful of like first things they do, they get a physical coach, a mental coach, and they have like a, um, agent or whatever a manager whatever and uh that's like one of the first things they do and for whatever reason our sport it's just nobody ever talks about it or does anything and then um was able to kind of look at Jeff Emig a little bit too and see kind of his struggles that he had with certain things and then what he's done post-career and all this stuff and um for me I looked at it and I was like I don't care if anybody thinks it's a good idea or not I'm gonna try it and just see what happens um because a lot of people looked at me kind of like I was stupid whenever I I didn't really tell anybody for a long time, though. For the first month or two that I was doing, I think I told my mechanic, and uh, that was it. So nobody really knew um, that I was doing all that, but I, I think it's paid dividends for me. Uh, it doesn't work for everybody, but for me it was it was huge. I think that like a lot of people think that they just have to run on like full-strength confidence all the time, mm-hmm. and if you have any kind of sign of weakness, that's worse. But mm-hmm. for a lot of people, if you admit, like, hey, I have some faults that I need to work on, mm-hmm. once you overcome those, it makes everything so much better off. Yeah, well, I mean, you have to. I mean, with not only racing, but, I mean, life in general, if you can't admit you have a weakness or whatever, it's, you know, it's probably not going to work with whatever you're trying to do. I mean, that's relationships. That's with, I mean, just life in general. So, uh, for me, that was somewhere I felt like I could be a little better. I feel like at times it would hinder my performance from 
thinking a certain way or from just being down in the dumps or whatever, you know? So I was like, why not? I spend all this money on a trainer and all this money doing all this other stuff. Why not try to do that too? So, um, I think it's been great. I mean, I've been working with her for a while now and she's been really, really huge in my program. But I mean, like I said, it doesn't work for everybody, but for me, it's, it's been good. Hey, so we'll wrap this up now. Um, one thing we want to say, sorry if there was any audio glitches earlier. Don's not here to All good. hold our hands. <laughs> not so much for you, but for the listeners, sorry. Gotcha. Um, but hey, thanks for having us. Um, of course. Have a good week. What's it look like for you? Um, pretty mild this week. Probably ride, uh, cycle yoga tomorrow, ride Tuesday, um, and then probably Wednesday off and fly out Saturday. So short weeks, but uh, trying to stay recovered and make sure we're good to go for Red Bud. Yeah. For you? Uh, probably head out to Tuesday. Head out to Fox and Tuesday film these. Let's do it. I'll be there. Yeah. Just a video video way. All right. Well, I'm going to catch a plane on Monday and go back to Illinois, and then I'll see you at Red Bull. No choice. Let's do it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Yeah, appreciate it.